Hey, content fans and listeners, it's your host, Connor. Before we get into this episode, wanted to remind you guys that my podcast is now on YouTube. The channel name is The Concept, same as the podcast. So if you like what you're listening to on Spotify or wherever you're listening and you want to see more of my content, feel free to check out the channel. We have a big goal for the end of the NBA regular season. By the end of the season, our goal is to reach 1,000 subscribers. I hope you all can help me make that happen. It will be a complete dream come true. But I don't want to waste any more of your guys' time. Let's get into this episode. Happy Monday, everybody. It is December 4th. I'm your host, Connor. Welcome to the Concept Podcast. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I cannot believe it's already December. Um, I know Thanksgiving passed already, but once again, just wanted to wish you guys a happy late holiday. Um, Hope you guys are doing your Christmas shopping early. Uh, I don't want to be one of those people that does all the shopping too, too late because I know how much of a nightmare that can be. But I thought I wanted to do something different for this uh, this week's episode. Uh, As you guys know, if you've been listening uh, and if you're a big follower of mine, which I greatly appreciate, we tend to do these weekly recaps where I would just, you know, scroll through and find stuff that stood out for each NBA week. Well, this week I kind of had an idea. Um, This week in particular, let's call it week six. This is the actual week six, by the way. I said last week many times in my episode by mistake that it was week six. It wasn't. It was week five. So please forgive me for that. This particular week ended up being what was usually the 25% mark uh, in the completion of the NBA regular season. Reach about 20 games in per team. So I thought I would not necessarily throw you guys in for a curveball, but do something a little different for just this episode and maybe even continue the trend on for the rest of the NBA season if you guys enjoy it. So what I want to do is there are 30 teams in the NBA, but not all of them are equal by any means. And that definitely comes down to what I think as a fan and as an observer, and I'm sure many of you do as well. So what I wanted to do for this episode was give each team in the NBA a grade based on how they've done 25% of the way in. So think of it as a quarter report card. Welcome back to school, everybody. Again, like the intro, I don't really want to waste you guys' time. I figured I want to start this off with the Philadelphia 76ers. So let's grade everybody. Let's give a grade to every NBA team a quarter of the way into the season. Starting with the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to give them a solid A, and here's why. First off, offloaded James Harden fantastic this is now becoming a bonus offloaded pj tucker i mean not that he was ever a big scorer but offloading him with his number of zero point games this year amazing and the stuff you got back is pretty good as well you know you're making really good use of uh nick batum and really good use of marcus morris and most importantly though you gave tyrese maxey the room to cook him and Embiid are were the real duo from the beginning i think harden was just a big disruptor of that But the real talking point now, and I know he's been out for a little bit, but the real talking point for the Sixers has got to be Kelly Oubre. The fact that you got him for a vet minimum, which means he signed for $2 million, the lowest contract you can give somebody that's not a two-way. The fact that you got him, an early six-man-of-the-year contender before his accident, for that little of a contract, bargain. Probably the bargain of the season, may I argue with that. No team is perfect. I'm going to say that I'm going to give no A-pluses to anybody. So I think it's fair. Let's leave the city of brotherly love with an A. 
Moving on to the Milwaukee Bucks. This one I don't think is as perfect. But I will say before I made this, uh, they have been on the rise on more of the improvement side of things. I will give them an A- minus because of their latest form. Damon and Giannis were the big duo. You know, were the most talked about duo in the offseason, arguably. I mean, for good reason. Dame goes to a new team for the first time in over a decade, or for the first time ever in his career. And he's teaming up with one of the best players we have in the league, Giannis. So, yeah, what's not to get excited about? Well, put simply, I think there have been moments in the season where the Bucks did miss Drew Holiday and his defensive versatility. Drew is thriving on the Celtics. We'll get to that in a second. But the Bucks aren't perfect, but they've started to click a little bit as the games have gone by, especially the last few games. So I think an A- minus is fair, but I think if the improvement keeps, keeps coming, solid A for sure. The Chicago Bulls. Yeah, uh, the positive vibes have kind of gone away a little bit. I have mentioned the Chicago Bulls so many times on my show right now, it, it's not even funny. Like, on my YouTube and on this. The Bulls are in a catastrophe. Although, I'm not going to be giving them an F. There's one team that's going to get an F. And it's not the Bulls. I will give them a very high D+. Because even in their current situation... There's a silver lining. If you guys follow NBA Twitter, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, got his name right, he made a tweet a few days ago that although Zach Levine is one of the biggest trade targets for the NBA this year, uh, he has been told there is no market for Zach Levine right now. No team wants to trade for him, which that has got to hurt. Uh, It's definitely hurting on a business standpoint, but the Bulls don't really seem to be much in a hurry to blow it up anyway, so this is just kind of odd for Levine, and I, I know Levine is tired of losing. I'm sure the same can be said with DeMar DeRozan. Again, we have not had any big updates with DeMar DeRozan. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be heading anywhere. There's a lot of speculation that the Lakers are a big destination, which I could honestly see because that was going to be where he was going to go before Westbrook was traded to the Lakers a little while ago. So I'm not eliminating that possibility, but... I'm not here to talk potential trades. I'm definitely just here to give grades. So, not looking good for the Bulls. But, as I mentioned, there is a silver lining. And his name is... Actually, there's two silver linings. Alex Caruso. Let's start with him. Alex Caruso may be developing into one of the best role players in the NBA. The fact that this man went undrafted is astonishing. He's one of the best two-way guys in the NBA, in my opinion. But what's good with him right now is that if a rebuild wants to happen, the Bulls have a choice of good options with him. You either keep him and have him be, you know, the mentor for this team and be a good cornerstone, not to be a franchise player, but to be a really good piece, even for a rebuilding team. Or you can do what I think they should do, which was offload him with Levine and DeRozan. Because truth be told, Caruso's stock has never been higher you got to sell it when the price is high. People, if you if you could get picks, if you can get a first-round pick for Alex Caruso, you take that in a heartbeat. And trust me, coming from a Wizards fan, yeah, we need the picks. But there is a second silver lining. Kobe White, shout-out to Kobe White. He's having an amazing year, averaging over 15 a game. I think he's complimenting Caruso's game very well. There's something about Caruso, White, and Vucevic, who I don't think the Bulls should trade now, honestly. Those three together, they beat the full-strength Bucks without 
Levine and DeRozan, and that's drawing up a lot of positive narratives, which I think are kind of true. I think this team is better without those two. Without Levine and DeRozan, I mean, not without White and Caruso. So I think if the Bulls can offload those two and get a good amount for them, I'm not going to be mad if they offload Caruso. You're letting Kobe White cook. You get a good a lot of picks for them. They go to good destinations. I'll give the Bulls a D plus, maybe even a C minus, depending if we get to the halfway mark and things have happened. Cleveland Cavaliers are next. Now the Cavs, I think, were one of the toughest ones to do, because on one hand, you know they were a, I picked them to be third in the East from the start of the season, only behind the Bucks and the Celtics. But early on in the year, and I will say injuries were a big factor. You know, Jared Allen was in and out of the lineup. Although they are starting to find rhythm now, I, I'm still not sold on the fact that they could be third in the East. They seem a little inconsistent. I think the big problem that they have right now is you can only have so much star talent on that team for it to work. They are all fantastic players on that team. Mobley's starting to find his rhythm. He's doing really well. I think he's got an all-defensive team written all over him. Should come as no surprise. Donovan Mitchell's in the form of his life as well. It's Darius Garland that is a big head-scratcher for me right now. Fantastic player. 2022 All-Star. You don't get that by accident. But I really wonder, I have wondered at some times, which, if he would be better on his own team. It's not his fault, but his stats are down. And I'm wondering, what if they got the full version of Garland? What if there was a better player to complement those three? I, do I think there is? Probably not, because Garland is still young and can develop. But I'm putting that out there. I love, however, that they put Max Struess in the starting lineup. That is a fantastic... He's been a fantastic addition. One of the more underrated ones, for sure. And before I conclude the Cavaliers, I want to give... Um, excuse me. I want to give Craig Porter his flowers, too. Uh, if you have not heard of him, went undrafted, and uh, this is his first year in the league. Complete steal. He's been filling in roles super well for the Cavs. Uh, really good compliment to someone who may be injured. So for the Cavs, it's tricky. I'll give that one a very high B plus, but I'm I'm willing to move the needle to an A uh, if their form continues to rise. The Celtics, yeah, uh, I think this is the easiest A and very solid A that I'm going to give in this entire episode. I mean, what else can I say? You have all stars in your team already, and then you go and compliment them even more with Drew Holiday and Chris Porzingis. I will die on this hill. When I say I think Drew Holiday is the best defender in the league. I Fight me. Fight me on it. If he's not the best, the most underrated. It's got to be one of the two. The fact that you would lose Malcolm Brogdon and go and immediately get a better... Ver and, sorry, lose Malcolm Brogdon and lose Marcus Smart and then immediately go and get a better version of him, that, that speaks volumes to what the Celtics are planning. The Celtics clearly intend to win it all. And I think they can. Let's talk about the other addition real quick. Getting Chris Porzingis at probably the best time to get him as well. He had his, by far his best season with the Wizards last year. Should have been an all-star as an unbiased Wizards fan. This team is the best starting lineup in the entire league. I know there is speculation or some worry going on about how their big man rotation was a little concerning. You know, it was Porzingis and a 37-year-old Al Horford, which, yeah, I'd, I'd be a little concerned as well if I gave up Robert Williams, but you got stuff for Robert Williams, and now Robert Williams is going to be out for quite a while. And you were able to get rid of Brogdon for more than what you got him for. So, I don't see a loss in that at all. 
Let's also, I mean, we don't got to even compliment Tatum and Jalen Brown. We know what kind of all-star caliber they are. Derek White, Derek White and Drew Holiday may be the best defensive backcourt in the entire NBA. Put all those things together. Right now, I'm going to say it, the Celtics are the favorite to win the title for me. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Shout out to KP, though, uh, former Wizard. I, I loved watching him play in D.C. Let's see. The Clippers are next. Oh, boy. Yeah, this one... Um, see, this is so tricky because we're 20 games in. If this were 10 games in, or if this were... Sorry, not 10. If this was five games in, I would have given them an A and told them, wow, they are actually... They figured everything out. Paul George and Kawhi, healthy. Russ complimenting them very well. And then James Harden arrived. Where, I'm not going to say he made things worse, but he definitely didn't make things better. The Clippers still have a losing record as at the time I'm recording this. It got to such a point where Russell Westbrook decided to put himself on the bench, which credit to his credit has helped. But the Clippers still don't have a winning record, and that's a lot of star talent to not have a winning record. I'm not going to make any other James Harden hatred pop up out of nowhere here. But I think it's super clear now that he doesn't help any team. So for the Clippers, I'm sorry to say it. I know you've been ridiculed for a long time in LA and by the NBA. I'll give you a C plus. C plus for now. Hoping you can work things out. I'm not wishing harm on any team, by the way. For anyone who's listening to this, I'm not wishing anyone any harm here. I don't wish for any team to do badly. I'm not going to try to make fun of anybody unless I need to. But the Clippers will get a C plus. But really, fix those city jerseys, though. Those those do look not great. The Memphis Grizzlies. Um, this one, I'm going to put an asterisk over a little bit because I, I don't really think it's fair to completely grade them without jaw. Although, I I have to. They get a, I mean, they get a D. Right now, they're getting a D. Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't know why I almost left out the junior, but... Jaron Jackson Jr. is an all-star and is a defensive player of the year. We know that already. And with Jaw out, yeah, he's going to be the second scoring option behind Desmond Bain. That's all well and good. But it just seemed to me that from the start of the season, when they knew that Jaw would be suspended 25 games, their best option, their best thing they did was get Marcus Smart, who's not really much of a scorer and is more of a defender. Desmond Bain has been shooting the lights out. Credit to him. But there is two problems that I think the Grizzlies really need to fix that I don't get why they haven't fixed. Starting off with, they traded Tyus Jones away and really didn't replace him. Well, they did, but that's my second point that I'll get to in a second. But Tyus Jones was a solid six man. One of the best six men in the league, I'd argue. But when they traded him away, they got it, it did not appear to me that they wanted to be prepared enough to replace him. And I, I think that's just lazy from the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies can be better. They're just relying now, from what it seems like, they're just relying now on Jaw to come back and fix everything for them. How do we know that's going to happen? We don't. Steven Adams is also out for the entire season. I just totally forgot about him. Steven Adams, our starting center, is out for the entire season. What do they do to replace him? Nothing. And that brings me on to point number two with them. I know I'm rambling on. I apologize. Derek Rose is point number two. I made a video, if you guys have been following my YouTube, I made a video about him 
uh, the start of the season about how I loved the fact that he was going to Memphis. I thought that was a great addition because with Marcus Smart there as a point guard or even as a shooting guard, let's let's call him putting with the two. Derrick Rose is at worst a really really solid six man that the Grizzlies can use. But what have they been doing? Not really using him a whole lot. Not really using him as a six man. Not really putting him in the starting lineup too much. It took the Grizzlies over 15 games just to put Derrick Rose in the starting lineup, which baffles me because the first time they did that, he tallied nine assists. Derrick Rose, and they won, by the way. So, I don't know what to tell the Grizzlies. I don't know what to tell Taylor Jenkins. I I get it. Losing your star player is tough. But you got to control what you can control. You absolutely could have signed a big man in free agency or brought one up from the G League. But you chose not to. And now I think they're just suffering from the consequences. They are a victim of their own demise. So the Grizzlies get a D. Let's hope Ja comes back and makes things a little better. Maybe you get active at the trade deadline. We will see. But they're not really moving the needle for me. Let's go to the Atlanta Hawks next. You're going back to the Eastern Conference. The Atlanta Hawks, let me just say, from the start of the season, they had some problems. Trey Young was not shooting well, to say the least. DeJounte Murray did find his scoring form, though. Props to him for that. But the real hero of that starting lineup has got to be Jalen Johnson. They lost John Collins, and at that point, they almost pulled a Grizzlies card, which was they were the big confusion of the offseason for me. They traded away John Collins, but didn't really replace him. Didn't So therefore, you know, by definition, that doesn't make your team better. But they did find a really good way around the problem. They seemed to be much less redundant. They finally gave Jalen Johnson their backup power forward. They put him in the starting lineup, and yeah, miraculously, his numbers have been fantastic. He's putting up over 15 a game. Which is great value, by the way, because John Collins now, I think, is putting up like 13 for the Jazz. Works for Atlanta. And Atlanta have a winning record right now. And Trey Young, now that 20 games have passed, he's starting to find a whole lot of form. He just dropped 45 the other night, actually. So Atlanta are doing pretty well, and I'd be very, very, very curious to see what they will do come the trade deadline. Because I think they could make a big move here. They've got the pieces now, and they actually earned some of my respect. So... The Atlanta Hawks will get a very, very, very high B+. I'm giving them B+, just because I want to see what happens in the next 5-10 to 10 games. But they have my attention. The Miami Heat are next. The Miami Heat, the team that missed out on pretty much everybody. But, to their credit, I don't, think they, I don't really think it mattered too much. Jimmy Butler's back in that lineup. Bam Adebayo is having the best season of his career by far. Don't be surprised if he makes the all-star team. Kyle Lowry's doing way better than I thought. But this is this I mean, this is really not a grading this is not a grading episode. This is more of like a who's the unsung hero of each team. The Miami Heat have two. Duncan Robinson finding his form. Fantastic for them. But Jaime Hawkes Jr. may be the biggest, one of the biggest steals in the NBA draft so far. He looks like a proper star. And someone who I think will find his way into the starting lineup for the Miami Heat very, very soon. 
But don't get me wrong. I'm still not over the fact that they refused to get Drew Holiday and they didn't get Dame Lillard. Look, that's that's a scar that they unfortunately made that they that won't heal. You can't just put a bandage over it. But the Heat are good. I'll be again. I'm curious to see what they do at the trade deadline. They're one of the top teams to watch. Rumor has it now that they could be a contender to get Demar Derozan. We'll see. But right now, I think I will give them an A, A minus. A minus is because they're doing a lot better, and you know we gotta respect Coach Spo. How could you not respect Eric Spolstra? Last one I'll do before we take a quick audio break. Let's go to the Charlotte Hornets. This one, let's put an asterisk over this one because, as I mentioned, I owe Lamelo Ball an apology, which I delivered. If you don't believe me, go and listen to my previous episodes. I don't want to explain it. Lamelo Ball was by far in the best form of his career until he suffered an unfortunate injury. Good news for them, though. Does not appear to be keeping them out for too, too long. Terry Rozier seems to be finding his form. He seems to be filling in the gaps. But as expected, the Hornets are kind of struggling without LaMelo. So I think right now, because they're actually, you know, using their assets and Brandon Miller's getting some quality time fitting in and out of the rotation, P.J. Washington's a great compliment to that team. This team is still very young, so... I think they got a lot of chances. Mark Williams is a really underrated center now. So I will give the Hornets a solid B. I'll give them a solid B because I'm curious to see what LaMelo, uh, what LaMelo does when he gets back in the lineup. They've had some pretty good wins, though. They did beat the Celtics. I didn't forget about that. So let me, cha- let me change that to B+, actually. I'll change that to B+. Still not over the fact that Miles Bridges still plays for them, but I won't gloss over that. Okay, post-audio break. The next team on this list, the Utah Jazz. Going to get this out of the way. You guys have the worst uniform design in the league. Not to be a hater, but your rebrand sucks. The Jazz had my interest, or had my attention, rather, from the start of the season. And for both good and not-too-good reasons. Let's start with the not-too-good to get that out of the way, rip off the bandage. I thought them getting John Collins was an odd move. The Jazz aren't necessarily a bad team, but they're definitely not what you call a really good team. Like, not a team you'd fear just yet. So, them getting John Collins, who is being paid over $20 million a year and who isn't exactly in the form of his life, that did puzzle me a little. Although they did need a power forward, they got that. But let's look to the upside here. The Jazz drafted really well. Or, they drafted Keontae George pretty well. I think they sent Taylor Hendricks down to the G League, if I'm not mistaken. That seems to be a pattern with a lot of uh, first-rounders this season, like early first-round picks. They seem to not be getting minutes and going to the G League. I don't know what that's about, but maybe it's just that either teams need to draft better, or there's maybe just too much talent to go through. Let's assume the latter, because I'm not going to pick on any NBA team yet. And hey, I'm not going to say for a single minute that the G League is not going to work. I mean, look at what it did to players like Fred Van Vliet. Look what it's doing to players uh, on the Boston Celtics, like J.D. Davison, Jordan Walsh. Those guys are those guys need to get their flowers. The G League's a good system, guys. That's all I'm going to say. But for the Jazz, it's odd. It, it is a puzzling one. Walker Kessler coming off the bench, I'm not really sure I'm a big fan of. The Jazz, I'm... Jazz, I'm going to give a 
I'm going to give a C plus just because I don't like Walker Kessler on that bench. They're not doing terrible, but I think they need to start figuring out who moves and who stays. The Sacramento Kings, home to probably the coolest rebrand in the league, went from the worst rebrand to the coolest rebrand. Love the New Jerseys. I might actually cop one. I'm going to say it. The Kings get a very solid A from me. They have every good piece that I can think of. They got them out of Sabonis. We don't got to talk too much about him. We know about his caliber. We got Keegan Murray, who's getting a little bit better by the day. We got Malik Monk, who I think is my favorite to win six man of the year right now as things stand. Him or Cole Anthony. But let's talk about De'Aaron Fox for a second, shall we? De'Aaron Fox, I think, as things stand and if he stays healthy, is a first-team All-NBA minimum. I am putting him... This is a bold call. I'm putting De'Aaron Fox in the MVP race. I am putting him top six MVP race right now. I have a list of 10 players. I will not list them right now because internet. De'Aaron Fox is absolutely on my list. You don't average over 30 points and almost seven assists by accident. There are no accidents in the NBA. Never have been. And... The best part about the Kings for me, this is why I'm so confident about giving them an A, I love good teams that can beat good teams. They can beat a lot of good teams. They can beat anybody. So come the playoffs, yeah, I think they are getting past the first round. 100%. I don't see any sign of them slowing down. Be curious again to see what they do at the trade deadline. Do I think they add anybody? No, because I, 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 don't, I don't think they should fix what isn't broke. But I would worry about Davion Mitchell pretty soon. I would see what their role is for him, what the future has in store. The New York Knicks. Uh, New York Knicks will get B+. B+, because Randall didn't start out that well. Jalen Brunson is cooking. Mitchell Robinson is doing pretty well. Mitchell Robinson, I think, is having a career year. And I think that... Tied with Jalen Brunson, tied with Julius Randle's increased field goal percentage as the games go on, it's going to help the Knicks, and it's been helping the Knicks win. If Jalen Brunson does not make All Star this season, I am revolting. I, I am, I am start, I'm nearly starting a riot. It is ridiculous how some people think that he's still not an All Star caliber player. Look at his three point percentage. Look at the way he's able to finish without having to go to the free throw line twenty times a game. Looking at you, Joel Embiid. I think the Knicks are going to be a sleeper in the playoffs as things stand. I really mean that. I mean that with every fiber of my being. Moving on to probably the most talked about team in the league. I mean, because when the hell are they not? The Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers, the Lakers. I got to really think about this one. Credit to them. They started out better than they did last season. They seem to be having more of a groove now. AD, thank God, is staying more healthy. I'd be lying if I said I'm if I said I wasn't worried about his slight inconsistency. Great player, yes. But there have been some games where he's had way better first halves in the second or vice versa. And that does kind of worry me if I want to consider them even slightly title contenders. I love how LeBron's minutes restriction went and, went and effed itself because that was never going to stick around. Don't have to question LeBron in uh, in year 21. Averaging over 24 a game still. Austin Reeves, 
as a six man, I like that move a whole lot. I think that's a very underrated move, and I think that's actually helped the Lakers. That's not the first time that's helped the Lakers in the last two seasons. Russell Westbrook going to the bench last year, if you all recall before he got traded, it gave the Lakers a slight boost. Not the biggest boost, but a slight one. Shout out to uh, to, uh, D'Angelo Russell as well. His numbers have been getting a whole lot better lately. So the Lakers, Lakers I'll give a A-. A- right now because I think there are still plays that they can improve on, but them putting Reeves in there has helped their record quite a lot. So... I think they I think wins will be in the future for them. Moving on to the team that I think everyone is asking positive questions about or everyone's got their attention on. The Orlando Magic. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't going to give them a solid A. I have to. This team is the story of the season. No all-stars in that team yet. And yet they're second in the East. Like I, I could just end it at that. Currently won nine straight. Hopefully they can make it 10. Ben Caro's on All-Star Watch. Franz Wagner's on All-Star Watch. Jalen Suggs is an incredible unsung hero. He's starting to find that groove. Cole Anthony, as I mentioned, I think is a leading contender for sixth man of the year. 2K, by the way. 2K24. If you're watching this, any editor or developer of 2K24 is listening to this. Uh, shame on you. Your ratings have sucked. They dropped Cole Anthony's 2K rating by 2 from an 81 to a 79. I don't understand that. He's a leading contender for 6-man, and you drop his rating. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. So, Magic, you get an A. I'm rooting for you. The Dallas Mavericks, I'm also going to give an A, too, without hesitation. I know the Mavericks were a big talking point last season. Not for good reasons. We don't have to question Luka Doncic. He's an MVP candidate. He's in, he's, in fact, he's in the top three, no matter what poll you look at. But people worried, people like myself worried for the Mavericks for the same reason that people worried for the Atlanta Hawks and for the same reason people worried for the Minnesota Timberwolves going into the season. Because they all have the same thing in common. They seem to be redundant in a position. And... I've stated numerous times that that can't be good for that usually isn't good for a team. If you have two of the same player, that can be worrying because who's going to want the ball? Answer, both of them. But all three of those teams, and I'll get to the Timberwolves later, all three of these teams seem to be finding a groove. Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, those are two players that will want that last assist every time. Yet they're starting to win now. Same goes for the Dallas Mavericks. Luka and Kyrie have found a way to complement one another very well. Derek Lively may also be one of the biggest steals in the NBA draft. I am absolutely putting him as a sneaky contender to win Rookie of the Year. Do I think he is at this rate? No. But I think he's in top three. I'll leave it at that. They fixed... They What I love what the Mavericks did is they went and they did what the Grizzlies didn't. They fixed the areas they were weak in. And they clearly wanted to strive to make themselves better. And they did. They improved on the defensive end, which they weren't good at last season. They got Grant Williams, and now they got Derek Lively. Super, super smart. So the Mavericks, doing quite good. The Brooklyn Nets. If we're ranking them on City Jersey alone, uh, I will grade them a C. 
but uh, that's not fair, so I won't do that. I will say cut Ben Simmons some slack. I know people aren't going to like me saying that. But you got to understand that you never know what people actually go through on and off the court. I don't think Ben Simmons is lying with the whole back injury problem. It, it can be a real problem. I suffer from lower back pain myself. Trust me. It, it's not something you ever want to go through when you're trying to hoop or even work out. So I will cut Ben Simmons some slack. And it, look, I believed him. This offseason, I absolutely believed that Ben Simmons would be on a court and doing what he loves. Now, put all the numbers aside here. I know that's a tough thing to do for his sake. Put the numbers aside, I actually saw Ben Simmons playing with a passion. It seemed like for the first time in what feels like forever, he wanted to be out there. And so I think it's heartbreaking for them. But if I need to move away from Ben Simmons, which I'm going to need to if I'm going to finish this grade for this team. Uh, Mikhail Britt is alone. I think, yeah, he's still on All-Star Watch for me. I think Cam Thomas is amazing. I mean, it's still a whole thing going on about him. I can't decide whether he's comfortable coming off the bench or not. If I were him, I would not be. Cam Thomas, If this is like such a crazy stat. Coming off the bench, Cam Thomas is averaging more than 25 a game. Dude is a bucket. Say what you want about his shot selection, which at times isn't the greatest. But if the Nets want to win in the future, it's going to be him, Mikhail, and Nicholas Claxton. So right now, I'll give the Nets a solid B to a B+. I'm not really good, by the way, at giving these... Uh, giving a very solid grade, by the way. If, if you guys can't tell, like I, I'm trying not to be too harsh on a fan base, but I also want to state what I believe in here. Because you got to look at each grade from multiple standpoints. Denver Nuggets. Uh, asterisk. Need to put another asterisk up here. Nuggets, I'll give an A. Yeah, A. I'll leave it at solid A right now. Uh, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They did play without Jamal Murray for a few games. Michael Porter Jr. is having the best season of his career. I don't think enough people are talking about him. 2K most certainly has not recognized the fact that he's up this game this season, has yet to adjust his overall rating. Please fix that, 2K. But Jokic, yeah, I no hesitation. I'm picking him to win MVP. Is this the best season of Nikola Jokic? Yeah, I'd argue. Not much to go about there. The fact that you've also been able to find complimentary pieces like Christian Brown and Peyton Watson, oh man, speaks volumes. They did what the Atlanta Hawks did, which is they lost one of their big players and yet found a way to replace them without having to give up too much. It's what the Nuggets did. They lost Bruce Brown, who's one of the biggest role players in the NBA, and now he's doing really well with the Pacers. And instead, in comes Christian Brown, in comes Peyton Watson out of nowhere, by the way. And even, I'll shout out Reggie Jackson as well. Those three came in and really helped step this team's game up, especially with Jamal Murray out. Shout out to them. Nuggets, A. Indiana Pacers. Uh, I will give them an A- minus for now because I think there is one area I think they could improve on a little bit. Every other aspect, though, you can't help but give this team applause. Bruce Brown came in and did exactly what the hell I thought he was going to do. Make this team better. Say what you want about his contract. It's steep, but I think it's worth it. Miles Turner staying in Indy, great decision. Obi Toppin going to Indy. Shout out, shout out to you, Obi. Dayton Flyer to Dayton Flyer. 
Obi's having the best season of his career. See, it's odd because, you know, I've been always arguing. It's odd how a player who hasn't got enough minutes but has showed what he can do and he gets enough minutes actually goes and gets minutes. Obi's averaging over 60% from the floor, averaging over 13 a game, and is playing defense now. If you guys don't believe me, look up his uh, defensive performance against Jimmy Butler, of all people. Held Jimmy Butler to a 4-11, even blocked him. Obi is becoming a very underrated player in the league. And in my opinion, flyer to flyer, secure that bag, dude. I think Indy's going to want to keep you. The big question mark, though, and this is the big reason why I'm not giving them a solid A right now, we need to talk about Buddy Heald for a second. Because for Indiana, do you keep him or do you move him? It's one of those tricky situations. It's, it's like the Bulls situation with Alex Caruso. There's no wrong answer. You can move him and absolutely get people who want him. If the Pacers put Buddy Heald out right now, if they told the league, if they put a memo out that Buddy Heald was up for a trade, there'd be five teams calling them within the hour. LA being one of them. But on the other hand, if you keep him, there's no harm in doing that either. Because you still have one of the best three-point shooters in the league. I mean, his contract, yeah, his contract's not the most brilliant one in the league. And no, he's not going to be an all-star ever. But I think if this team wants to continue to win, in my eyes, if you ask me today, you got to keep Buddy Heald, unless you get a lucrative offer from somebody else. If you can get a couple first-round picks, not saying that's likely, but if you get a couple first-round picks for Buddy Heald, oh, you take that every day. Because at least for Indiana's sake, what they can then do is just flip those to another really good player. So Indiana, yeah, that's a that's an A minus. If you guys if you guys disagree with me about the A minus to A, please fill my comment section. I'm all for feedback. Let's just keep it civilized. The Detroit Pistons are the next one. Um, oh, sorry, not the Detroit Pistons. No, the New Orleans Pelicans. I completely skipped over. The Pelicans. I will give. Let's put asterisk up there too. Um, CJ McCollum finally came back from his uh, terrifying medical concern. Glad he's doing all right. The New Orleans Pelicans, I will give B. I'll give B right now. Jordan Hawkins is another steal of the draft. He can get buckets. Zion Williamson is doing pretty good. Ingram's doing pretty good. That, that's the, I think that's the theme with this team. Everybody's doing pretty good. But I know there's another level to the Pelicans. I just know there is. And I'm waiting for them to turn that corner and find that gear. So for now, it's a B. Don't kill me. The Detroit Pistons. Uh, let's not beat around the bush. Uh, D minus. I'm not giving anybody an F. I am giving them the lowest of D minuses. Like 60% on the dot. If I need to explain why, I will do it in the next 10 seconds. 2-18, and 18, you hired a coach and gave him a horrible contract, and you're not playing Jaden Ivey, who should have started from the beginning. What are you doing, Detroit? All you seem to be doing is wanting to get Cade Cunningham to request a trade. You don't want that. You don't want Jaden Ivey wanting out either. So Pistons, D-minus. Fix your shit. The Toronto Raptors. Uh, oh boy. The Raptors, I'm not going to give a nice grade to either. I'm, I, look, 
I, I don't want to lie. So not lying means not sugarcoating. The Raptors, I'm giving a C minus. I I genuinely don't know what direction this team is going in right now. The Scotty Barnes hype train from the beginning of the season is starting to slow down a little bit. It's starting to arrive at that station. Dennis Schroeder is really the only player that I want to pay attention to right now. Maybe Siakam, but only for trade talks. Grady Dick was supposed to be a really good three-point shooter for a lottery pick. He unfortunately has not been that, and now he'll probably spend most of his time in the G League. So the Raptors need to decide right now if that if they're going to trade for somebody to contend or if they're going to do what I think they should do and just blow it up. It's unfortunate. I know the North doesn't want that. I know they're just five years off, four years off of coming off a title. I just don't see them picking it up. They're the new Washington Wizards, unfortunately. You're holding on to stuff that you shouldn't be holding on to. So for the best, C-. The Houston Rockets, B+. Easy. Alperen Sangoon, guys. Welcome to your next All-Star Center. I will, I will buy in to all the stocks. I will buy into the Baby Jokic comparisons. 100%. His defense has been fantastic along with his numbers. Fred Van Vliet. My guy, I owe you a big apology. I really thought Fred Van Vliet was idiotic for going to the Rockets on a 40-plus million a year contract. But he's been fantastic. Nine assists a game. Him and Shangun. Or Sangoon, depending on how you pronounce it. Him, Sangoon, even Jalen Green starting to come up to the form a little bit in the last few games. Yeah, I'm giving them a B plus. Not much more to talk about there. Shout out to Ima Udoka, although probably you should have kept your mouth shut. The San Antonio Spurs. Put the Wemby hype aside. I don't get what they're doing. It's a C. It's a, it's a C at best. No, sorry. It's it's another C minus for me. It's a C minus. For one particular reason. We knew the Spurs weren't going to be that great this season. We knew that. But if you know something, you got to try to do better to fix it a little bit, right? And for the Spurs case, I think that was, you know, trying to fit a point guard in their system. For most of the season, and so, I forget who it was. It was a YouTuber who not- who noted this. They put Jeremy Sohan, who is, by the way, a power forward, at the point guard role. And I don't know what makes the Spurs think this works. Coach Pop is a great coach, but I don't know why he thought that was going to work. Because with them in the lineup together, they have the worst offensive rating in the entire league. And what really ticks me off with that is the Spurs have genuine point guards. They have Trey Jones who can easily be on the rise. His numbers will get a boost if you play him with Wemby. I don't get what's stopping them from doing it. You're projected to have the number two overall pick as things currently stand. What is there to lose? Your answer, nothing. Besides Wemby and Devin Vassell, I really can't think of a bright spot. I just can't, I'm sorry. The Phoenix Suns. Point guard Devin Booker. I like it. I I like it and... I'm warming up to the idea of making that a permanent thing. Kevin Durant? Yep, I'm putting him in MVP conversations as well. Age is just a number. 35 years old. So what? 30 points a game. Makes it look easy. Still has it. 
One of the more consistent players in the league, too. I don't know why no one's talking about that either. The Phoenix Suns are doing very well, even without Bradley Beal. I don't know what his timetable is. I don't know what his return uh, expectation is going to be. I'm hoping for a speedy recovery. I'm hoping he can integrate himself in that Suns lineup. But right now, the Suns are kind of doing well without him. The fact that Devin Booker came back, they just got better and better. So did the Suns really need a super team? I don't really know. It seems like they're starting to come up with one. So the Suns, I think just for those two things alone, and Josh Okoge, who I think is a criminally underrated player, I will give them a I'll give them an A minus for now. A minus, but they're very quickly warming up to a solid A. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's put the controversy, if you know what I mean, aside. The Thunder for me, I mean, you gotta give them an A, right? Yeah, I'm going to. Shea Giddis Alexander, welcome to the MVP conversation. Welcome to a top, you're definitely in the top 10. In fact, I think it was the NBA.com actually on Instagram that just voted him tied for third, which is ludicrous. Worth it, but still crazy to think given how young he is. Chet Holmgren is the favorite to win rookie of the year. I don't think anyone can have any debate. 50-40-90 for a big man. I'm not going to say all-star rookie. I'm not going to go that far yet. All-star next season, though? He's absolutely trending that direction. The Thunder have an amazing record with all those picks and with an MVP caliber guy. What is going to stop them? I don't know, and I have yet to find out yet. I said yet twice in the same sentence. What am I doing? Timberwolves, biggest surprise of the season. I mean, come on, they have to be, right? Along with the Magic, Timberwolves, Closest thing I'll give you to an A plus is a super high A, like ninety six, like A, absolutely. They did the impossible. Chris Finch, I am naming you coach of the year. If the magic, if the guy from the magic, I'm forgetting his name right now. If the guy from the magic doesn't get it, Chris Finch, Timberwolves coach, yeah, you're getting coach of the year in my mind. The Timberwolves, as I mentioned earlier, last year. They made a huge move, which me and a whole lot of other people questioned by getting Rudy Gobert. Why would they need another center when they had Carl Anthony Towns? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And last season, it really didn't. They were redundant at best. They, they weren't a great team. They were an okay to good team. They weren't a great one. And yet everything is clicking for them now. Rudy Gobert has found a way to enter, re-enter himself into the DPOI conversation. They have the number one defense in the league. Mike Conley is the perfect replacement, has been the most accidentally perfect replacement for D'Angelo Russell. 36-year-old Mike Conley has been excellent. His turnover to assist ratio, I forget what it is, but I think it's one of the best in the league. Carl Anthony Towns is finding his form. Jaden McDaniels and Rudy Gobert are an incredible defensive pairing. If all that and Anthony Edwards, I mean, how could I not, how could I forget Anthony Edwards? Definitely one of the top young guys in the league, top five, maybe even top three. Their bench depth is excellent as well. Nas Reed is, I think, one of the best undrafted players in the league. Let's give that to him. Timberwolves are 15 and four, currently sitting at first in the West, and I don't, I don't think that's going to slow down. So Minnesota, I'm watching. I'm listening. Your respect has been earned. For the first time in quite a while, I'm going to say it. 
Look out for those Timberwolves. The Portland Trailblazers. We're getting to the tail end of this, guys. The Portland Trailblazers. I don't really know. There's a good amount of highlights and a good amount of lowlights. So with that, I'm going to put them at a solid uh, C. I'll get them. Yeah, C's fair. On one hand, let's look at the bad news first. That's what I tend to do when somebody asks me if I want good news or bad news. The bad news, I think, is it's fair to say, Robert. first of all, Robert Williams' injury. That's not brilliant. That doesn't really help. does not help overall team defense. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't concerned about Scoot Henderson. He's begun to improve his game, but for a number three pick, and I'm not I'm not one of those casuals, by the way, who wants a guy to click immediately. I'm not expecting him to be an all-star right at the gate. But I think it's fair to say people had high expectations of him, and they were maybe caught off guard a little bit by perhaps his slow start. I think that's a very fair way to put it. But he's getting there. So I will give him the benefit of the doubt for now. But I do think there's room to improve. But there are a whole lot of good things for the Trailblazers. Let's look at the good things. I don't think anyone can complain about Malcolm Brogdon, regardless of what team he's on and what role he's on. He's always going to be solid. He's maintained that. Shaden Sharp. Holy athletic. Do a leap out of the gym and is becoming a star. A perfect piece to complement this young Portland team. DeAndre Aiden, I don't know about. I have to watch more of his game to give my honest critique. Tumani Kamara is the biggest steal of the NBA draft. Someone, I don't know who it was, I just checked Twitter today, that said Tumani Kamara will be in the league for a long time. And call me biased, Dayton Flyer to Dayton Flyer. He is such a solid two-way player for the Trailblazers that I think it just complements that team super well. He'll be there for a while. I have no doubt, as of now, he'll be part of their big future plans, whatever they may entail. I think that's my verdict. Jeremy Grant's doing very well, but I, I'm still not over his contract extension. Not yet. Coming down to the wire here. The Trailblazers to now the Warriors. <sighs> Fans of the Bay... I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have to say it. It's a it's a D plus. I know it hurts. It, it it's hurting me to say that right now. I, I don't like talking negative about anybody or anything or any team. But it hasn't been it hasn't not been a smooth road. I, I'm I'm sorry to say that people are now just gonna start talking about legacy. I think this is all it is right now. I hope they can improve and turn things around. They have before. But I don't think they do it without making a move. I think Clay Thompson needs to consider his future with Golden State. I think we need to start asking questions about Draymond Green. Steph Curry is out there putting up MVP numbers. He's working his ass off. And yet I just feel awful for the guy. It seems like even though those are his guys, but they're not really doing a lot to compliment him. Chris Paul's doing all right. Good six-man contender. But that's a 38-year-old, soon-to-be 39-year-old Chris Paul. Their young core is getting better. Brandon Pajenski is doing well, but he's been in and out of the G League. 
Kuminga's doing all right. I, I think they should start playing Jonathan Kuminga in the lineup right now. I don't know what's stopping them. Yeah, I, I, I think that's it. And I'm, I'm sorry, by the way, everyone, if I'm leaving anyone off of like a short explanation here. This is the first episode, if you guys are still listening, that I'm doing this without any notes at all. I, I, I'm not making this up. I promise you, I'm not lying. For the entire 55 minutes so far, I have not scripted a single thing. Everything is coming straight off of my the top of my head. So I hope the Warriors can turn it around, but they got to get a lot of their shit together. <sighs> Let me rip off a bandage real quick. Last, but most certainly not least, the Washington Wizards, my hometown team. Guys, I don't know. I'm not even sure I can grade them right now. That is how disappointed I am in them. I'm not disappointed in Kyle Kuzma. Dude's playing his heart out. I'm not going to be disappointed in Denny Avdia. I don't think that's fair to him. Having a career year. I am disappointed in their front office, and I am disappointed in our coach. And I'm extremely disappointed in Jordan Poole. You know what all three of those things have in common? They have responsibilities that they are not fulfilling to the slightest. They knew they had expectations. And yet they go out there every week and they feel like, or they just look like to me that they don't want to meet any goal. I knew this team wasn't going to be good. But I really didn't think it would be this bad. Here I was saying Jordan Poole was going to average over 25 a game this season. I believed in the guy. I still do. I want to. But he's running out of time for me to believe in him. A lot of people are going to turn on him real quick. But that being said, it's hard to do that when you have a uns- what seems to be an unserious coach. Wes Unsell Jr., with all due respect, sir, you seem to be the least serious coach in the entire league. You make no in-game adjustments. We have the worst defense in the league. We seem to be playing like we're in an L.A. fitness and we're playing street ball. We're not playing street ball. We're in the NBA, for God's sake. What's more baffling to me, the two things that hurt me the most are, let's start with the first. You have young players on that team. Their names are Johnny Davis and Bilal Koulibaly. May I ask you why you just don't ever bother playing them or really putting them in the starting lineup? To me, it's hurtful. It's almost like you want to waste their career away, and I feel so awful for them. If you want D.C. to truly be a basketball city, which they so claim, start working on it. Your home turnout every single game is pathetic. Sure, your team isn't winning games. I know that's a big piece to it. But every time I go to a game, regardless of how good they are, they could be good. The last Wizards game I went to, we won by almost 30 points against the Phoenix Suns. Even with that big of a win, I saw maybe 60% of the stadium packed. But I want to say a good half of that being away fans. That just sucks. It absolutely sucks. I don't want the team I supported being the laughing stock of the league. I really don't. So please, as Michael Jordan once said in a commercial, my grade for the Washington Wizards is S. S as in, stop it. Get some help.
And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. An hour of me droning on about the same thing. Me droning on about what teams are doing better than the others. What teams are doing horrible. What teams are going to be good at the trade deadline. What I think and what not. If you guys didn't expect that I was going to be ranting on about the Washington Wizards at the end of this, well, expect that, you know, going forward. The tough team to watch. But that does conclude this episode, my longest episode to date. I hope you guys have been still listening. Again, if you aren't following me on YouTube or subscribe to me on YouTube, my channel is the same name as my podcast, The Concept. I'm on TikTok with the same username. My Instagram is The Concept Podcast. We're posting Instagram reels almost every single day. If you guys really like this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you hit like, if you would follow my show, if you'd share it. Again, we're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the NBA regular season on YouTube. So if you guys can make that happen, it'd be a dream come true for me. But for now, I've been your host, Connor. This has been the latest episode of the Concept Podcast. I look forward to seeing you guys next episode. I don't know what it's going to be on yet, but I guarantee you it will be within the next week. And I'm sure I will bring more fun and a more dramatic topic. Hope you guys enjoyed. Happy Monday. Cheers, everybody.